I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It's coming out! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly with the 42. It's Gavin Casey with you here. We're going to look ahead to Ireland, Australia. Naturally, we're going to do so with the 42's rugby journalist, Murray Kinsella. Murray, how's your week been going? What's the mood in the camp like ahead of this final test of November? Everyone's excited. I think everyone's looking forward to the 8pm kickoff tomorrow. It's going to be a long day waiting around for everyone, particularly the, the players. Um, they'll have to get through a lot of series, I'd imagine, and a, a few naps in there as well. But uh, yeah, it's been positive in Ireland camp. It can't be anything but. I think Andy Farrell obviously set a, an interesting tone after the Fiji game. So um, no one's resting on their laurels at the same time. But there's confidence there. It was nice to briefly get out to the Wallabies as well. Met Dave Rennie, Will Skelton, who is even bigger in person than he is um, when you're watching him on the, on the pitch. And Dave Parecki as well as a couple of the Aussie journalists as, as well. So it's good to it's good to have them in town, and I just can't wait for this game. I think it's going to be a really thrilling game. I I like the matchup of their styles. I think they both play play great rugby as well. So it's going to be a good one, I reckon. Yeah, you've had a busy week, Justin Harrison as well on the members pod on Wednesday, which is absolutely brilliant. It's members the forty two if you want to listen back to that one, and it's a. Uh, lovely culmination of this November series isn't it exactly as you say because the game should be entertaining and while the South Africa test was unbelievably compelling I think at least if you were a rugby fan this one should just be uh, entertaining in a more contemporary way Uh, it's weird Ireland are closing off this November and they probably well I don't know do you agree with my thought that they probably have found more answers than there were even questions going into this series just insofar as we never really felt as though we were short at center for example but with the unavailability of Bundyaki, Robbie Henshaw uh, being injured suddenly Stuart McCloskey has absolutely proven himself uh, so far at least as a viable test option you think of the bursting onto the scene of Jimmy O'Brien which Will Connors warned us about only a couple of weeks ago in the Harcourt Hotel but he's a man for all jobs starting on the wing against Australia and has equipped himself really well. I don't think we necessarily had questions about Finley Bealham, but at least to a degree, the scrum against South Africa sort of answered questions um, insofar as it could hold just about uh, once they were on the right side of the referee. Uh, and, and equally, Jack Crowley, who I don't think anybody had earmarked as uh, an international player within the context of this window, putting his hand up for, say at least inclusion in the conversation as to what happens to the number 10 jersey after Johnny Sexton walks away. So it feels like it's been a really positive November overall. And there are loads more to add to that as well, by the way. And yet, if you, <laughs> it's a formidable Wallabies opposition. And if they win in Dublin, which is absolutely perfectly conceivable, you probably leave with more questions than you thought you had answers. So it feels like a big game in that way, doesn't it? Like there's a lot riding on it just in terms of narrative and the general mood I guess coming out of November yeah you're looking at two very different scenarios going into the Six Nations depending on how this game goes but Ireland are the very strong favourites for this game like I agree with you that Wallabies teams in the past and indeed some of the Wallabies players in this team are are formidable but if we look at the the, the naked facts of it coming to this game, Ireland are 12-point favourites last I checked. Um, Ireland have won four of the last six games against the Wallabies. They're on a, an 11-game 
winning streak at home. If they win tomorrow, they equal Ireland's best ever run of, of wins at home. The Wallabies have won four of their last 15 games. That's like a really jarring stat. And I know they play the All Blacks and the, the Springboks in the, the Rugby Championship. It's difficult, but that is really poor. 37% win record under Dave Rennie. They lost to Italy for the first time ever last weekend. They're missing Quay Cooper, Samu Karevi, Marika Corimbetti, Matt Phillip in the in the second row, Tom Banks that probably would be on a fullback, and Lalakai Fouquetti probably would be in the centre. So they they've got a good chunk of, of of squad missing. I'm 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 forgetting a couple of guys there as well. So you can see why Ireland are such strong favourites with all that in mind. At the same time, you know the the Wallabies have been close to beating France very recently. They were within two points of the All Blacks in another game. They've beaten the Springboks this year. They've beaten England this year. They've beaten Argentina, who we know now are a top top team. And I still think the Wallabies maybe they're clinging on, but I still have them in that bracket where they can beat anyone. You know when they do when they do turn up. Clearly, consistency a massive issue. Discipline a massive issue. Um, among some of the stats today, it, it popped into my um into my feed that. They're the most penalised tier one nation. I know that phrase. We're trying to get out of the game. That was that was how the stat was phrased. The the, the most penalised top level nation in, in the kind of rankings. So um, that's been a massive issue for them. And then inconsistency maybe around selection and not being able to to pick guys and get a, a run and get cohesion there as well. But they're definitely under pressure. Like they're reading stuff from Australia this week has been really interesting. They're going to have a what sounds like a pretty tough. And uh, no holds barred review into how the Wallabies are, are tracking after this window. They have another game next weekend, of course. And you think Dave Rennie at this stage is probably running on fumes with a with a five game November uh, test series. But yeah, I, I still have that uh, thing in the back of my mind that this is a potential banana skin for for Ireland because there's such a wave of momentum and and that can quickly sap out. And the Wallabies will enjoy being underdogs. I think they. They've got a lot of threats in their team. Even if you look at the bench, you have Will Skelton and Taniela Tupo bring absolutely massive power. Jordan Pataya, as myself and Owen have discussed in the members pod a number of times, is a guy who could be world class. And across the, the team, even without the, the missing players, there's there's potential brilliance there. Nick White and Bernard Foley, really experienced halfbacks who know how to get the job done. You've seen what the Wallabies kick a lot more with a lot more purpose under Rennie and maybe that's not always getting results but in the past Wallabies teams have been really lacking in that area of the game they've still got stardust across the, the back line I can't wait to see Mark Nawinganita Wase he's second cap and he's got a bucket loads of finishing ability really acrobatic he's really good in the air as well and and he's a new star I suppose coming through Michael Hooper back in the, the mix in the back row um, and Nick Frost has been a really breakthrough star in their second row so yeah they've got They've got tools there to, to trouble Ireland, but um, at the same time, Ireland, we know, have a lot of tools that can trouble other teams. <laughs> they certainly do. Uh, and I think uh, I'm not uh, going into the game necessarily with like a huge degree of trepidation, but I am just cognizant of the fact that Australia do have a lot of those qualities that you've outlined. And I think their form line is a little bit deceptive as well, watching them in the Rugby Championship, even watching them in the summer against England. like They probably... They easily could have won that series and there was a couple of those rugby championship games as well that swung the other way. Paris, like only two weeks ago, they were very impressive, I felt. And it does feel as though this Dave Rennie team, unfortunately for them, has a knack of losing games where it's very possible that they win them, you know. And and that's a, a really bad habit, unfortunately, to slip into. But equally, it feels as though the margins are often very tight. And I feel as though that's probably what they're 
looking for tomorrow murray even looking at will skelton being on the bench maybe they're taking a leaf out of south africa's playbook to a degree in trying to hang in there for as long as possible uh, keep the scoreboard say within a score or two and then look to do what south africa did which was capitalize as irish legs and irish minds tired in the final quarter yeah i think it'll be fascinating to see they they certainly have shown good physicality at times and and that's something that shouldn't be underestimated about them and ireland indeed have mentioned that quite a bit and so you know they do play with lots of attacking invention scott weismantle is someone we've mentioned before he's a very creative attacking coach some of their starter plays are really smart and and they've picked out little flaws in in opposition throughout the season you've seen some of the stuff even off goal line restarts where they're bringing creativity there um so they still have that but a lot of physical might uh, as well and yeah, all those things should be concerning to Ireland and will have been flagged and noted, but probably the best thing about this Ireland team is how they've like really focused on what they can do and how much variety there is with, within that and how they were frustrated with the South Africa game and felt they left a lot out there with a couple of execution slash decision-making errors they'll, they'll put them down as and and they felt there was more in that that game for them there. and And even with the kind of new cast that you've mentioned there which I agree is a brilliant part of this campaign there is a real level of continuity as well particularly in the the pack it's it's the exact same pack as as the tests in in New Zealand it's the exact same pack as the the Springboks match they've got a really good groove now that they're in and are I still think adding layers to it I mean the the Springboks match for me was right up there as their best collective performance as a pack and and Paul O'Connell's homework was outstanding there um but yeah I do agree with you about the the development of the squad being a, a massive part of it in ways that maybe we didn't foresee. Jack Crowley clearly foresaw himself making this kind of impact whenever he got a chance, but but certainly didn't think it would come this soon. He's grabbed it, and it's great to see McCluskey get another chance in the saddle. His first time in his career making three consecutive test starts. You know, in the first, what, three, four seasons of his test career, he won three caps, and now he's done it in, in the space of three weeks at the age of 30. It's belated in his mind, but he's making up for, for lost time. And Jimmy O'Brien, I just, it, it's been astounding how quickly he's settled into it, and and they've just talked and talked about how calm and unfazed and unflappable he is and, and what an attribute that is for a test rugby player. His versatility is, is unreal. Someone asked me yesterday, um, one of the visiting journalists, what position does he play? And it was really hard to answer, you know. He said, what's his best position? I said, I don't know. Uh, he can play so many so well. But that's what works in this Ireland team, particularly in their phase play. It's a little bit positionless in, in the backs at times and and he fits that mould really well. Him having that left foot, as as has been mentioned loads, it is just really valuable. It's it's an important part of the balance in the team and um, and Mac Hansen over to the right um, makes sense in that regard. So it's, it's incredibly welcome for the coaches that they've managed to develop things. Joe McCarthy as well, getting his debut, test debut, um, ideally off the bench you know um, he's been in the environment for a while now he was on the New Zealand tour and, and did well in those midweek games and clearly did well in camp excellent in the emerging Ireland games as well working closely with, with Paul O'Connell um, so he's another one who's benefited from from that along with, with Crowley they furthered the good impressions they've made on the coaches and now they're getting their chances at the, the top level so yeah it is close to a World Cup obviously but it shows that there's still can be developments around the squad and like with Crowley you'd have to say he's pushing himself right into that 
third choice spot because he's the guy in the, the saddle now same with McCluskey so lots of lots of positive things there but but you're right um, it, it's a tricky one to finish and the mood can change so so quickly it's funny with McCarthy just the fact that he's getting that opportunity off the bench and it couldn't be more perfectly poised for him when you consider a lot of the attention will be on another lock from the opposition coming off the bench and uh, there'll be questions as to how Ireland can stop Will Skelton and I've no doubt not within the Australia setup but maybe with the within the wider Australian rugby public Joe McCarthy is a guy who will have flown under the radar and it's a chance for him to do serious damage and he feels like a player who has that sort of mentality it doesn't matter who he's playing against he's going to do what he does and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he gets on it's funny you mentioned the World Cup there Muran like our colleague Gary Doyle is working on a piece for Sunday morning I think where he spoke to yourself and Kieran and myself just trying to get our assessment of uh, November so far and we're going to update that after the Australia game as well before he publishes it but he asked us to name our Ireland squads for the World Cup as well and it's so difficult to bring it down to 33 players i'm not putting you on the spot and going uh, and asking you to name the squad obviously but like it's incredible the names that potentially could be left out in order to just f- fit them in, fit 33 players into a squad and equally there are a few where gary asked me like can you see any boulders and there are still a few who can i think make a dent over the next 12 months and force their way into the reckoning so it just feels like is it is like okay the Australia game notwithstanding it in the sense that the result is still to come but is this the healthiest we've been prior to a World Cup to your mind I mean the overall health and playing pool if you like in Ireland um yeah yeah quite possibly um I still haven't done that task for Gary I must go and pick the squad but I'm not looking forward to it <laughs> I'll try and do it before the end of the day yeah Antoine Frisch is of mine <laughs> yeah there's a good shout you don't know what's going to happen over the next year honestly and obviously injury is part of it. I suppose the 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 balance to that optimism was the Ireland A game against the All Blacks 15 where they were just poor. And we saw, you know, as I was speaking to, to Gary about, we saw kind of the, the ruthless side of Andy Farrell in the, in the wake of that. Gavin Coombs just culled from the squad overnight and, and not brought back in. A sharp reminder to him, a guy who I still think will be in the, the mix and others probably didn't get a chance against Fiji where, where they might have hoped for that. The Fiji game as well, I think the message afterwards that he that he immediately put out there was, you know, when I make changes, it has to be continuity from from what the, the first choice team are, are offering. He wasn't, at least publicly, very pleased at all with that. So there was a little bit of a reminder there that, you know, y- y- your first choice team is quite some distance ahead of what's uh, behind the, in the chasing pack as well. But but all that said, yeah, the provinces are in great nick and, and the under-20s have continued to churn players through. And I read Dave Newsford's interview with um, Christy Doran in the, the Roar over in Australia. He did a piece with him today and, and Newsford is, I suppose, underlining how, how healthy things are. And, and there's a bit of a contrast maybe in Australian rugby financially and in terms of the organisation as well. So yeah, Irish rugby right now can be pretty smug about where it is but yeah we know that things in that kind of 9, 10, 12 months before World Cup can very rapidly unravel Gav I swear <laughs> it's uh, that's what makes this game on Saturday night so enticing is again just the idea that the narrative can switch absolutely entirely if Australia not if they show up like because if Ireland show up they should be too good for them but um Stranger things have happened, is all I'll say, you know. 
What about what else is going on over the weekend? So like England All Blacks, I think I asked Owen and Birch who they fancy for that game. Maybe I asked you as well on Monday, but how do you anticipate that one going for anybody who didn't didn't hear Monday's pod? I, I've seen like I, I suppose I've seen a, an overwhelming confidence in England among the international rugby public ahead of this test. And I sort of feel as though they will win at home and yet I don't know if they've necessarily earned the right to have that confidence in recent performances. Yeah, I honestly don't know which way that one's going to go. As you said about the Wallabies, there's a lot of swing games there um, that they very much could have won. And, and the same kind of applies to the All Blacks, even in the games where they've they've lost. And, and that's not to take away from Ireland's thoroughly deserved serious success down there. But even the third test, like it's in the balance and, and we'll remember it now as Ireland's, you know, dominance down there but we spoke about the grandstand it took from Ireland to get over the line in that game so yeah we've discussed ad nauseum now really about the just the equality of of standard across the the top nations like England on a big occasion for Owen Farrell you can see a lot of motivation deriving from that and I, I think it's worth commenting on him getting to 100 caps he's one of those players who I just I'm baffled by public opinion around him at times and I know there's a lot of stuff around his tackle technique and absolutely he's had to improve that but I've seen him make some I've seen him make more a lot more amazing brilliant technically perfect tackles than I have poor ones um but but they seem to take the focus he's a phenomenally good decision maker passer kicker tackler carrier even and his force of personality is obviously a, a massive part of it he's a real chip off the old block um, in, in that regard and I absolutely love watching him play I love watching him off the ball he's a real world leader in that regard and, and that probably illustrates some of the, the character that he, he brings to the mix as well so unbelievable occasion for him and it'll be a brilliant it'll be a brilliant test match I I don't know exactly how it's going to go but I can't wait to watch it yeah I think I'm in the same boat it should be absolutely brilliant to watch let's leave it there we'll dip into all of this on Monday uh, with Birch again looking back over all of the weekend's games let's hope Ireland close it off and lower the curtain on a fantastic November and that we don't have to do some sort of soul searching uh, deep dive into <laughs> defeat on Monday but uh, listen in the meantime go well on Saturday night mind yourself over the weekend cheers Gav have a good one cheers Mert and thanks to everybody at home for tuning in as well it's members.the42.ie if you want to get our Monday pods as well as Wednesday pods with Murray and Owen Tulin plus post-match Ireland pods as well as Murray has been lashing them out over the course of November so have a great weekend everybody at home enjoy the game tomorrow night mind yourselves take it easy I don't think we've met before but I'm the referee on this field Leinster could offer me five mil a year I wouldn't go <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Robbie weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh, 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 Magic! You're not alive, boys, so you start kicking when the room is spinning and the